Cell phone users often send text messages, but they can be a deadly distraction behind the wheel. How deadly? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the story. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Michael Austin is technical editor for Car and Driver magazine, and recently Car and Driver conducted a real-world test of texting behind the wheel. I understand that a lot of the concern about texting and driving has been just theoretical, but your tests were apparently the first to actually put it to the test. Yeah, as far as we know, no one's actually done a real car on the road. There's been a lot of studies using simulators. Everything looks like a car, and you have big panoramic screens around you. But we wanted to actually put the person in the car to eliminate any of the difference that might exist between the virtual world and the real world. And you didn't just test texting reaction times, right? Right. The other thing we wanted to do was correlate it to something that you know everyone knows is dangerous, and just to give people an idea. So. We also had our two test subjects get to the legal limit for intoxication. Now, we want to keep this as easy to follow on the radio as possible, so let's talk about some of the surprising things you learned. Just give us a quick summary of how you conducted the test. Well, we didn't do it exactly in the real world because we didn't want people texting while driving and drinking while driving, so we rented out the taxiway on an old Air Force airstrip base. We had our two subjects drive in a straight line and we measured the reaction time to a light that was right in front of their face. The idea being, if you're driving down the road and you see some brake lights in front of you, you have to hit the brakes. So we kept it very simple and we focused on reaction time just so it wouldn't muddy the results at all. And the results we found were that texting is much worse reaction time than drinking. Even the younger of the two subjects did pretty well while texting, but still did worse while texting than while drinking. And you tested these at different speeds as well, right? Yeah, we did it at 35 miles an hour and at 70 miles an hour. Just because, you know, at 70, things are going faster. It takes, you know, we wanted to see if it takes a little more brain power for people to keep the car going just because things are going by quicker. But the main difference between the two speeds is you're covering a lot more distance. You go about 102 feet every second at 70 miles an hour. So even if you only take an extra half a second, that's 50 feet, which is a couple car lengths. And certainly enough distance to make the difference between having an accident and not. Yeah, or not having an accident and having a really severe accident. The other thing that I think a lot of people would find rather perplexing is the fact that the drinking and driving portion of your test was substantially better than those texting tests. We were only looking at reaction time. So when they were intoxicated, they were eyes on the road. They weren't doing anything else but trying to react to the light. So the fact that it, they did worse than when they were sober says something about drunk driving. And, you know, we weren't even testing anything else that gets impaired while you're drinking and driving, like your motor skills and, you know, your cognitive function. All they had to do was hit the button, and they still did worse than while sober. The main thing with texting is you're taking your eyes off the road, and that's possibly the most dangerous thing you can do behind the wheel. So were you particularly surprised by these results, or was this basically what you were expecting? We were expecting that kind of result, but we weren't expecting it to be quite so severe and there to be so much of a difference between reading and writing text messages versus drinking. We know in the past couple of years there have been new laws created to try to deal with this, but it's almost an unenforceable law, isn't it? Yeah, people can still use their phones in the car and you have to dial the phone. And even so, it's a lot like a seatbelt law. It comes down to what an officer saw versus what the person in the car said. Ultimately, it's just part of the responsibility of driving. You know, you shouldn't be putting on makeup in the car. If you're eating in the car, you should be very careful if you do it at all. And you also shouldn't be texting. To be as safe as possible, keep your eyes on the road and stick to the driving.
There once was a time in this country when drinking and driving was looked at almost lightheartedly, and that certainly has changed. Do you see a time in the future when texting and driving eventually gets that same sort of a social stigma? I think it might. If you look at the way that hands-free cell phone laws have started kind of trickling their way across the country, I think that'll eventually work its way to texting. But it goes back to more of a personal responsibility to keep everything on the road because it could be difficult to enforce. Any final pieces of advice that you could add based upon what you learned in this test? Our test wasn't completely scientific since we only had two people. The only thing we can say for sure is that texting has a negative effect on your reaction time, and it seems to be a pretty big one. So the take-home message is put the phone down and keep your eyes on the road. Mike Austin, the technical editor of Car and Driver magazine. Mike, is there a place online where people can read this article and others? Go to carandriver.com. Well, thanks for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you. For InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. That'll do it for this edition of InfoTrack. Visit us online at talkzone.com. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitting. Internet services by pair.com. InfoTrack is produced by Syndication Networks Corporation. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another edition of InfoTrack. InfoTrack.